This episode of the Morning Skate is brought to you by Laga Sports. Laga Sports specializes in making 100% custom, fully sublimated uniforms and apparel for a variety of sports, but they're known for the premium quality and creativity of hockey jerseys. They have a one-price, any-design policy. It doesn't matter if you're looking for a simple NHL style or if you're wanting to create jerseys that look like Rebel Fighters from Star Wars. The price will always be the same, and the design of possibilities are endless. Check them out at lagasports.com. That is lagasports.com. L-A-G-A-S-P-O-R-T-S dot com. Own your look, own the game. You'll lose 11 seconds. You've got 10 seconds. The countdown going on right now. Morrow, up to show. Five seconds left in the game. Do you believe in miracles? Yes! Episode 98 of the Morning Skate. What's up, guys? Ken here. Hal, what's up, buddy? We is here, dude. Um, it's good to be back, uh, for another podcast. It's going to be another tough one for me today, uh, to our fan base out there. I know you guys are just so happy that you get to hear me talk about the Bruins for another week. Um, so yeah. Uh, we got some big news. Can I, can I announce it or do you want to announce it? Let it rip, dude. Guys, Hal is engaged. To the roommate, everybody, stick taps for Hal. That's awesome, dude. We're going to get so fucked up. I've been talking to DJ Zumi and Feverboy Rex. It's going to be an awesome time. Uh, how are you feeling? We ca- we talked about it a little bit before, but I'm sure the listeners probably want to know. How are you feeling? You're taking the plunge. And it's funny, if, if you know me and Hal's wife's, soon-to-be wife's uh, relationship, it's very, uh, we just fucking trip the shit out of each other. But I think deep down we love each other. Yeah, that was beautiful. I'll yeah. be sure to make sure to tell her that. Yeah. Um, it's good, dude. Feels exactly the same. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't know. You kind of caught the worst part about this is that you told me you're going to do this, but I'm an idiot, so I forgot. Now I'm kind of caught off guard, but I appreciate <laughs> it. Thank you, to the listeners who have been there for me through the years. Um, and remember yeah, that guy. Remember that guy who told you that he, that he quit you because of you. I need that guy right now. If you. Wherever that guy is right now, I am back on the sauce, and now I need a sponsor. If there's anybody out there who can be my sponsor, please let us know. I respect that. Okay. Uh, NHL in the News is going to be quick. We're, same format as usual. I'm not even going to bring it up. So let's just go. NHL in the News, play the music, go. All right, here we go. First topic, Hal. I brought this one up because I know you're a big Chiller fan. Defenseman Colin Miller is reportedly being shot by the Golden Knights who are looking to shred some salary this offseason. What do you have on this? Uh, Chiller's your boy, so I would like to hear your thoughts. Yeah, so it's kind of funny, dude. Chiller is my boy, and he's on my least favorite team, the Las Vegas Golden Knights. So the fact that the Golden Knights, out of their whole roster, looked at Colin Miller and said, that's the guy we're going to trade, that just confirms everything I knew about that organization, which is that I hate them so deeply. Colin Miller de- deserves more. couple reasons here. One, he has the coolest nickname. I think Chiller is a great nickname. Two, he's kind of a bonehead. He makes some, some dumb decisions. But he has a hip check, and he has a slap shot, and sometimes that's all you need. He's 26 years old, right? So he's 26 years old. He's an overachiever for where he was drafted in the fifth round. He's kind of gone up and down. I thought he was right on the cusp of, like, busting out with the Bruins. If Colin Miller was on this Boston Bruins team, I think he would be doing just as well as some of our other defensemen. Um, I think he would be a really good pickup for a team. Like I said, he's 26 years old. The two intangibles I just said, hip check, slap shot. I think if he can get a little meaner and maybe like get some veteran like cockiness to his game, he can be like that Johnny Boychuk mold. 
of a really good fourth defenseman. He just has to clean it up a little bit in his own zone. Yeah, I mean, here's the thing. They said they want to shred it because of cap space. 26 years old, right-handed shooting defenseman. He has three years left on his contract at $3.875 million. How is that? That's a good deal. Like, I don't think that's a bad deal to you. I th- Maybe Vegas has, like, a surplus of defensemen, but, like, if, I, if I'm the Rangers and we got uh, Chiller, I'd be pretty pumped. Yeah, I, w- I mean, I would be too. I think I think the one thing with Vegas, maybe what they're realizing is that they traded away pretty much all their future. They didn't really have that much of, like, a farm system because they've only been around for a few years, and they traded a ton of it away. And I think Colin Miller is a guy, you just said he's on a really good contract and a young right-shot defenseman. He's definitely going to give him a good return. So I think if you look at, like, probably cap hits compared to what you'll get back, he's probably one of their best values. Yeah, I'm reading here that he kind of fell out of good graces with Gerard Gallant. Uh, he was a healthy scratch for two games on two separate occasions. He also sat for game one of the Western Conference quarterfinal. Gallant said when Colin plays real solid hockey, it doesn't matter who he's playing against. It's not against the opponents. It's the way he gets ready mentally. We were a little disappointed, obviously. He didn't start game one, but since then he's played strong hockey. Uh, Bob McKenzie was asked about a Miller to Toronto deal on his podcast, and he said uh, that he's available. So, I mean, I guess the wheels are in motion. I didn't know that he was in the doghouse or anything like that. He This year, he had three goals, 29 points in 65 games, uh, which is a drop. He had 10 and a 41-point uh, effort his first season. He's got good Corsi. Uh, I mean, I, I I would like to see Colin Miller go to the Rangers. I don't, I don't. We have a surplus of defense right now. We seem to be signing every defenseman we've ever drafted, so it's like whatever. But speaking of that, what a segue, kid. John Davidson named the president of the New York Rangers. Glenn Saylor stepped down. If you don't know who JD is, uh, you definitely watch hockey. You see that the St. Louis Blues are in the Western Conference Final. I know it was a long time ago, but John Davidson, I would say, played a part in this. The St. Louis Blues were an absolute dumpster fire when he got there, and he turned them into a team that I would say they're a perennial playoff uh, team, right? Yeah, I'd say so. And then he left and he went to Columbus. And if you guys didn't know this, Columbus hasn't won a playoff series until this year. Again, kind of like another joke of a team. He kind of turns them around. JD was the uh, voice with Sam Rosen for years. Uh, he, he's awesome. Uh, I This would have been a move that the Sheriff would have like been fucking jacked up about. Like We love JD. Whenever uh, St. Louis or Columbus would come into town when he was with them, every once in a while he'd stop in and he would do like a... Uh, I don't know, like play-by-play play for like a very like short amount of time then leave. It was awesome. What do you have on John Davidson? He was a goalie back in the day for the Rangers. He he thanked both teams, and he said he thankful for the opportunity, but there was one team that he would leave for, and it was the Rangers, and he got his dream. What, what do you have on this? Yeah, so I don't have a ton on John Davidson. I don't know if you're going to agree with what I, I'm about to say. Um, I don't hate the move, the move under one condition. Like, J.D.'s 66 years old, and... Like I, you gotta think he like he's gonna be retiring soon. He looks like a guy who just wants to retire. Um, I'm not saying that he was going to the Rangers to just like do, pull what Magic Johnson just did and just like quit in the middle of the year. I think he'll be committed to it. I just hope that they let Gordon still kind of do whatever the hell he wants to do. I think he's done a really good job. And if JD's like to me, the perfect role for JD is like hands off. But like if scouting's in a pickle or the coaches are in the pickle or if the GM's in a pickle and no one can kind of like figure out what to do, like you give them the final vote. Like, yeah, you- no, I completely agree with that. I'm glad that you brought that up. So one of the big problems the Rangers have is the Hartford Wolfpack have been dog shit for as long as I can possibly remember. And if you take a look at the AHL teams that John Davidson had when he was president of the organizations, they were both really good. So I think – turning around our AHL because like dude let's say you draft all these young kids right and they finally get their first taste of professional hockey and all they do is lose like I get it that they're playing against better people so they're developing that way but you don't want them developing under like oh shit it's okay to lose mentality and I think I I think that's something that JD totally brings to the table I'm super pumped about yeah dude I, I mean I think that's good like I said my just one thing would be and I think he will be like, I just think Gorton's done such a good job. If you haven't done it and you're a Rangers fan or really any other hockey fan, there was an article that was, like, kind of out on, like, Twitter a few days ago about how Jeff Gorton basically built the Bruins dynasty in his eight days as interim GM. Um, definitely read that. I just let that guy do what he wants. Are you, like, uh, this is kind of a weird question, but are not disappointed, but are 
if Jeff Gordon would have stayed in Boston, like, do you wish that he did that? Uh, I mean, I, honestly, he makes some dumb decisions, but I like Don Sweeney. I'm okay with it. I would have been happy if it was Gordon over Don Sweeney, but I'm all, <clears throat> I'm also happy with Don Sweeney. I feel like Don Sweeney has the same mentality as Cam Neely, and they, they're always going to draft the dumb players, and they're always going to make stupid picks, but they're going to stick to their guns and try to make it work out. I mean, he was a GM of the year finalist this year, and he made two great trades on a deadline acquisition, so I'm happy. Okay, fair enough. Uh, moving on. Great Britain played France in the IIHF. They avoided relegation in a mediocre 4-3 barn burner. You had this. I haven't seen it. I'm pretty sure Papa blogged it because he wrote a blog about this shit. Uh, tell us kind of what happened here. Yeah, so to avoid regula- regula- relegation, Jesus. There you go, bud. Uh, Great Britain beat France in like the IIHF like relegation game. Huge game. Funniest part, though, after the game, uh, Great Britain celebrating on the ice, and they start a chant in like that classic, like British, like soccer or football game chant that you hear when you're watching a game on N- N- NBCSN. Jesus, I am struggling. <laughs> Point being, they chanted, "We are shit, and we know it," and it was like to such a great tune too. And all the boys were doing it, and they were loving it and like hugging each other while they did it. I thought it was one of the coolest moments ever. Because you got to know Great Britain knows they're the worst team now at that top level. Like, there's no way they're going to win a game, but they're embracing it. Yeah, I I think that's kind of cool. Um, to be completely honest with you, I I just don't give a shit about Britain playing France. Like, both of those teams, I mean, the United States is superior. You know, that's what it comes down to. In and out of hockey, that's what it is. So, I wasn't, like, that big on it. I mean, it's cool that they did it, but, like, Watch the Patriot for me one time. Okay, what about this? What if what if Great Britain like eventually has like a heroic like game against like not even like a top tier team? Maybe like say Great Britain beats Czech Republic and they chant it. Is that kind of cool? No. I'm never gonna be a Great Britain fan. <laughs> so it just comes down to watching the Patriot on July fourth. Yes, exactly. And the only thing I like sort of British is that Kingsman movie. Have you ever seen that? No, no. Here's the thing, dude, and I don't know if that's why it is, but and people are gonna be like, "Jesus, this is one of the dumber things I've heard." I don't watch anything that sounds like a British accent. I won't watch it. Okay. The only the only movie I've ever seen is like Green Street Hooligans. That's it. If there's a British accent, I won't watch it. That's why I don't like Harry Potter. I don't even know if that's British. That's why I couldn't do Game of Thrones. I don't know if that's British. Lord of the Rings. It's not because it's fictional characters. It's because they sound British. Is it because you don't like the accent, or is it because you can't understand a word they say? A little bit of both. I don't want to try too hard. Like Peaky Blinders, everyone said that was a sick show. It looked really cool, and all the guys looked like badass. But I was like, I can't do this. Like, I can't take them seriously. Dude, you fucking nailed it. I watched maybe 45 seconds of Peaky Blinders and then turned it off. I'm like, I can't fucking do that. But didn't it look kind of cool? Yeah, and everybody talked about how cool it was, but I would have to watch each episode five times to understand what the fuck was going on. <laughs> maybe we're just too stupid. <laughs> that could be. That could be. That's like in school growing up, my least favorite topic in the world out of all subjects is when we would do like Shakespeare. Oh, yeah. I would be, what is this? Yeah. And, you know, I wish I kind of paid attention because me, me and my mom have been crushing Jeopardy. And it seems like every fucking week there's like Shakespeare questions left and right. And it gets asked and I'm just like, oh my God, that's awful. Dude, in, yeah. In order to like, yeah, I never know the answers of those. In order to, like, read, like, the Iliad or the Odyssey, I would need, like, Google Translate. Yeah. <laughs> British to English. And then your then your computer just blows up. Yeah. All right. Let's, oh, this one's next. I don't even know you wrote this down. So, Alec Texier, I, this was a shout-out to Reddit. I thought this was just a funny note. He was that 19-year-old kid who stepped up for the Blue Jackets. He actually played really well against the Lightning. He played pretty well against the Bruins, yeah, too. Yeah, and, and for a kid that age to be trusted by torts, like, that's yeah. that's a big thing. So he's French. So in the span of a couple weeks, he got knocked out of the Stanley Cup Finals playoffs. They sent him down to the AHL. He got knocked out of the Calder Cup playoffs. And then he, got, he went over and played for France, and he got knocked out by Great Britain, who then started to chant, we are shit and we know it. So that's a tough three weeks to a month for that kid. I mean, us beer leaguers, we've all experienced something like this. It's been seasons since we won a beer league championship, so I, I can relate to what he's going through right now. It's been a real rough week, but th- there will be sunnier days, dude. So so that's my thing is, like, you just talked about how much you hate Great Britain. 
Imagine going from being a 19-year-old scoring goals in the NHL playoffs against one of the greatest regular season teams ever to losing to Great Britain in the matter of a month. Yeah, it's definitely a mind fuck, dude. Like, do you... That guy needs a vacation. Really quick, dude. Changing gears. Still nervous about Capo Caco. Big time. Caco. Big time, dude. It was... I was a little nervous when, like, fans were talking about it, but now there's, like, people ranking him number one. And, like, the devils keep tweeting about him. And it's just, it's, oh, man, I don't even know. And then it's kind of a slap in the face. They asked Patrick Kane about Jack Hughes. Jack Hughes, I think, has one assist during this entire thing. And Kane says, I think he does a lot of good things. Some things he does better than me. Hey, Patty Kane, if he was doing shit better than you, he would have more than one assist. Right? Like, why? Like, come on. Don't don't yeah. try don't try to make me feel better, Pat. Do you think Patty Kane's trying to have him drop to three? What if Patty Kane was like, you know what, dude? I don't think that's that would be the most Blackhawks thing ever if they somehow got Jack Hughes because everyone just was like, I don't want him. Yeah, and like I brought this up last week. Somebody on the Devils is like high up on this team. I think it's like an assistant coach or some shit. So let's say the Devils do take Capo Keiko. Like Jack Hughes, I would feel would be pretty fucking pissed off. And if you're going to get a kid of that caliber and he's coming in pissed with, like, a chip on his shoulder, and it kind of makes it better that it's the Devils and then the Rangers. You know what I mean? Like, that's going to be a rivalry no matter what. Yeah, this is another thing about the Devils. Sometimes I just scroll through random old NHL hockey players' Twitters just to see, like, what 50-year-old guys tweet. So Martin Brodeur, I went on his timeline. He retweeted that Devils tweet that went viral that was, like, feeling cute like might draft one of them like how does martin broder relate to that tweet in any way do you know what i mean like how is he like yeah i feel this like this is so cool yeah dude i don't get it it's like i i always kind of had a skewed thing about marty broder very very good goalie but i think his defense was awesome and then didn't didn't we talk about this didn't he like marry his nanny or like his his sister-in-law it's something messed up, yeah. There was definitely so it's fa- like there's family ties like crossing. So. Yeah, so Marty, like, are you feeling cute, dude? <laughs> um, speaking of legendary goalies, too, I just took over the hosting, but that was a perfect segue. Patrick Waugh to the Ottawa Senators as head coach is rumored. Is that not a match made in heaven? <laughs> I just I. <laughs> Patrick Waugh and Eugene Melnick, the fucking Bash brothers of the NHL, finally getting together. I would love to just be in a room and listen to those two talk. Oh, for sure. Like, what do you think? If you're so, a few things. One, how long do you think it takes Patrick Waugh to call out Eugene Melnick and sit, yell at him in the media? I don't know about media, but I bet day one. <laughs> like day one, I'm there's gonna, day one, there's going to be something. I'm okay. Here it is. Maybe not day one. But very like short into his career as a Ottawa Senators head coach, Patrick Waugh and Eugene Melnick are going to get into it, and Patrick Waugh is going to tell Eugene Melnick to fuck off, and he's going to do it behind closed doors. So Eugene kind of fucks off. Two weeks later, the same thing happens, except for there's people surrounding them in the argument, and it just rubs Eugene Melnick the wrong way, and it just goes because we know Eugene Melnick is a big uh, ego guy. Like, do you remember him, like, telling people, like, oh, you're not allowed? Like, he, 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 like, threatened that guy in the media and shit like that. Like, I think behind closed doors, I think Eugene tucks his tail between his legs. But as soon as there's other people around, he'll fire back. And it won't be, like, a good fire back because I feel like he's probably a nerd. But I don't know. Does that make any sense? Yeah, it does. I would say, though, I think they're both very, like, heavy-headed, I'm right, you're wrong people. Like, when they talk to the media, though. So I think that will be awesome. My second follow-up question for you was if you're like Colin White, Brady Kachuk, uh, Thomas Shabbat, Logan Brown, and you're one of their young like potential superstar players, what are your thoughts when you find out that Patrick Waugh is going to be your coach? I'd, I'd, pro- I'd be jacked up. Okay. Like, I think, like, just because if he goes, because Kachuk's dad played against Waugh. Like, that's, like, the same era. So, like, yeah. he's going to kind of have some background on, like, what that guy's about and shit like that. I'm sure he would have had that anyway. But... I think young kids look up to legends a little bit more than they look up to somebody else. And Patrick Watt had that great year for Colorado. Was that his first year he was there? So, like, I could see them responding well. Yeah, I feel like Patrick Watt is, like, the coach you get 
before your team gets really good. Like I think it maybe if you're in a rebuild and you need someone who's just gonna be a fire plug and just screaming and like punching glass and stuff just to get like the boys going, I think he can will you to like an eight seed or like get a lot better and then you fire him and you go with a coach who actually takes you further. You know what I mean? But he might be good for this role. Yeah, totally. And speaking of head coaches, I I, I completely forgot this until now. I went to a uh, ice cream place the other day and I was standing in line, and there's a guy with a flyers hat on. And I'm like, what's up, man? Hockey fan? He's like, yeah, for sure. I'm like, Flyers? He's like, yeah. I'm like, what do you think about AV? And he went from smile to just absolutely pissed off. And I go, yeah, I know. Like, that's not the Flyers style. And he's like, they're going to run him out of town game three. Who is the other assistant coach with him? Oh, man, it's fucking Yao and... uh, Tarion. Yeah, yep. What a crew. Uh, I can't wait for that. To go back really quick, one last player on the Ottawa I want to ask you about. What do you think Patrick Waugh's relationship is going to be with Borowski? Oh, man. I think I think Patrick Waugh's going to embrace his game. He knows – he remembers his Colorado Avalanche team with all the bad boys, dude. I think I think that would be good. I think it would be a good relationship, dude. I hope Mark Borowski's still out there in, like, Cabo or wherever he said he was going on vacation. I hope they name him captain, dude. <laughs> all right, what's next? Uh, last thing on the docket, it must have gotten deleted. Um, an athletic writer wrote recently, uh, long story short, he said that he gave reasons why the NHL could be better. And one of the reasons that he gave was the fact that he thinks that uh, NWHL women should have the opportunity to play in the NHL. This is going to be a sensitive subject because I don't want people to come off thinking I'm an asshole. As I've said multiple times before, the U.S.-Canada game a couple years when was that, two years ago in the Olympics? That was... Probably the best hockey game I've seen in the last, like, five years. Like, it was awesome. They were fast as shit. And, like, I remember turning it on just to turn it on, and then I was, like, into it. Having said that, in 2017, the United States uh, national women's team played Florida Gulf Coast. And if you know who Florida Gulf Coast is, they're, they're like, they're D2 club, and they won the national championship. Sienna beat them, not a big deal. But they're, they're a good team. And this team beat the United States national women's team 7-4. to four. So, can women... The, I guess the question was, can women compete with men? Absolutely. Like, no, I'm not taking anything away from the kids who played for the Florida Gulf Coast team because they're pretty fucking good, dude. Like, they're good hockey players. They're not bad. They're not D1, D3, but they're not bad. But you can't tell me that if you lose to a team 7-4, to four, a D2 club team, that you would have any chance of competing in the NHL. Thoughts? I think that's well thought out, and I don't think I'm going to come off as an asshole saying that. Yeah, I don't know. All right, fair enough. I know you didn't really want to talk about it, but I just wanted to put it out there because that was a big story going around, and I was just like, oh, Jesus. That was not a big story. Yes, it was. That was a big story. Yeah, it was. I promise you it was a big story. Was it today? I sat on my phone all day. I didn't see it No, it was a couple days ago. We'll see. All right, so that was that. Now we're going to get into our playoff matchups. The Boston Bruins... House team sweeps the jerks of the league. And by jerks, I mean jokes. Uh, they sweep the Carolina Hurricanes 4 nothing. I mean, Hal, take it away, dude. This is your moment. This is a huge moment for you. You're getting engaged. Your bees are going to the Stanley Cup final. What's, what's going on? They swept them, dude. I mean, I don't, I don't know where to begin. Just... <laughs> What a team! I didn't tweet. I I didn't tweet anything from the morning skate account because I think people are going to get mad. Because I'm just very happy with this team. They went through this tough streak at the beginning of the year. Literally, everyone was injured. Tukarask went on a personal leave, which was like the scariest of times, and he had like an 840 save percentage. Joe Haggerty was firing up the Yarzlov Halak tweets, and it was just it was just kind of chaos. They ended up going out west and just dominating and just kind of keeping their foot on the pedal. They get to the first round, and they beat the Maple Leafs. And I just want to say really quickly, the Bruins are going to the Stanley Cup Finals, and by far and away the best team we played was the Toronto Maple Leafs. I have not said a nice thing about the Toronto Maple Leafs on this podcast ever. They are a very good team. They created a thousand more problems than any of these teams that we've played, Columbus or the Hurricanes could have. So shout out to them. I don't know. I'm just pumped up. The way they're meshing, they're playing really well together. There was, like, questions kind of on the first line. Like, they haven't been their normal selves. They come out in a huge game and just absolutely dominate. Second line, I could take this fucking line by line. Uh, 
the second line, David Krejci still doing his thing, playing well. Jake DeBrusque has been flying. Dan, I, it's it's just really good right now. Like, <laughs> I can't, I'm kind of at a loss for words. The D has played really well. One thing I really want to highlight that I was going to forget, and I just skipped like the third line, Johansson Coyle. The fourth line, Joachim Nordstrom's played huge. I did not see that coming. Sean Corrali, I love Sean Corrali to death. I actually, I went back and I watched every single playoff game that the Bruins played this year that they won in and all the highlights. And I, I'm going to put it out there that I think Sean Crowley's best fourth line center in the NHL. And then, Shit. yeah, that's a bold take. But that's how I feel. Right wing has been Wagner and Achari. They both played great. But the D, Tory Krug in game four, game four without Zidane Ochara played 27 minutes. 27. He was on the ice every other shift forever. I've heard trip, 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 trip Tory Krug cannot play defense. Played against the top line and played 27 minutes. Huge. Grizzly played like 19, McAvoy like 23. The whole team stepped up. And then Tukarask. I love Tukarask so much. 990 save percentage in games the Bruins clinch. Two shutouts in those. Didn't really matter in game four against the Hurricanes but because they, they stink. But my favorite moment in it, I don't know if you saw it, but at the end when the Bruins won, um, Tukarask started skating towards like the corner. And in that corner is where Chara was, but Tukarask didn't know Chara was there. Tukarask was trying to get uh, Yaroslav Polak to come out like early to like party with the boy. It's like Tukarask was saying how how huge it was Yaroslav this year, and how the fact that he only had to play like 42, 43 games like meant so much, and like how great of a goalie he is, and he wanted there to, him to be there with the team. So I thought that was really cool. Um, Thoughts. I, I mean, I love a little shit like that. The biggest thing about the Bruins, man, and you nailed it because you went down through every line. They're so deep, dude. And they bring so much to the table. That first line's so fucking skilled. And not only skilled, you have Patrice Bergeron, who's probably the best defensive center in the game. And then you have the second line, still quality. David Krejci, awesome second line center. DeBrusque drives the net. Oh, I didn't even say David Backus. Captain America, dude. So. I mean, he, he, he doesn't have the wheels, but he has the will. And he fucking finishes every single fucking check. The third line, I'm in on Mojo, dude. I know I chirped him before. He's been a great playoff player. Uh, Charlie Coyle, we've talked about him. I think Nordstrom has played such a huge role for you guys, which is weird because, like, we talked about this earlier in the year. You, fought, you hated him. And this guy knows his role. He's always first on the puck. And he plays to the whistles. Like, he's awesome. Tori Krug, man. What a what a guy who just competes. That's like all he does. No matter who it is, he competes. He doesn't, and he's a smaller guy, but he doesn't back down from anybody. I think that's awesome. Uh, Carlo, I mean, he's been good. You have uh, Charlie McAvoy, who's, I mean, the kid's gonna be a stud for years. The only thing I'd be worried about is Steve Camper. Uh, he played a game, which means his name would get on the cup. I'd be a little rattled about that. Uh, one thing I thought that was hilarious, I guess they they scratched Tara in game four. They said it was precautionary that he could have went. I thought that that was the biggest slap in the face to an organization I've ever seen in my entire life when you're in the Stanley Cup playoffs and the team goes, yeah, he could play, but we're going to give him the night off in a seven-game series. That is like, go get fucked. I loved it. Thought that was really cool. We're going to scratch our Hall of Fame captain in a, game, in a clinching game in the Eastern Conference Finals. Because we respect you so much. Yeah. When he could have played, but right. we decided just precautionary, we're going to keep him out. You're right. That was a power move. Um, I liked how just, he didn't touch the cup, and they, they celebrated the same way they did when they won the cup with the team picture. Thought that was really cool. A uh, couple things on what the do you have on? What's up? What do you have on Char going out there dressed? I mean, you need that for the pictures. Okay. All right. Right? Fair. Like. It, it would have been even funnier if he went out in, like, fucking, like, a basketball warm-up suit. Yeah. Yeah, I kind of wish he did. If he was, like, right there in front of the trophy in, like, a track suit. Right? I thought that was funny. Uh, you have a couple other things down here. Any player stand out uh, for the Canes? There's only one guy. It's McKegg? Is that the name? Greg McKegg? Yeah. That guy, I like the way he plays. He drives in that, plays hard. I'll say this, dude. You know how much I hate this family. But Jordan Stahl, what what a player. Like, you know what I mean? Like, he's not overly skilled or anything like that, but he plays hard. The kid, he plays hard. Uh, Justin Williams, I think you can take away his uh, clutch. 
nickname. I know he used to do it before, but not anymore, guys. He's talking about poop sandwiches. He's freaking out after the game. He takes five penalties in game or takes three penalties in game three or some shit like that. Like I don't know. Apparently now he might retire. I just I I don't know on that. And then you also had Rob Blake in the handshake line. So out of all those things, just take it away. Rob what do you Blake, have? Dude. Oh, Rob Brendamore, sorry. I was on the patch. That's what I wanted to ask you about. So I don't know if you saw it. Rob Brendamore like did that thing with Chara. And then he did something with like Tory Krug too, because they both played at Michigan State where he like talked to them for a while. Did you see that? Yeah. Here's my thing. I like Rob Brendamore and I think it's like a cool move. Like when that happened between McAvoy and Josh Anderson, I praised it. So I can't come off as too much of a hypocrite. But he was given like his team just got swept 4 0. And he's been kind of defeated in the press. And he was just given like inspirational quotes down the line. Just hand jobs left and right. Like, I get like really respecting him, but like, you can just like, I feel like you can just like tap Chara like on the chest and be like, are you good to go? Like, I can't believe you're doing it. Like, like in like three seconds and move on. Yeah. Not like handshaking and shit. And like, I don't know. I just thought that was kind of weird. It was kind of like when uh, Emilio Estevez goes out to ice cream with the Iceland girl. Yeah, you can't do it. Can't. You know, ice cream with the enemy. And then with Justin Williams, too. I don't know, because he is kind of a legend. I think the reason he was Mr. Game 7, too, is because he was like a second-line right wing. I think that was a good role for him. But he had the poop sandwich line. He freaked out with Marshan. Uh, um, he did that one quote where he said, like, it's like trying to like get the last bit of toothpaste out of like the tube like with like how they were feeling. Like I think Justin Williams just kind of looked to his left and like looked to his right and was like, we're not winning. Do you know what I mean? Like I just don't think that was going to happen for him, and he knew it. He looked to his left, looked to his right, and goes, holy fuck, I'm the only one here. I will say this, dude, and I kind of did respect it, and once again this totally flips on everything I just said. Marshan went to, like, say something to him, and he just kept on moving. (laughs) (laughs) I kind of love it, and I kind of hate it, because it's like, one, like, you want your captain to be that mad that they just lost. Like, he might retire. Like, can you imagine, like, being known as Mr. Clutch, and then that's how you retire, eating poop sandwiches and getting 12 penalties a game? Like, that's a steady decline from what people were going to remember him as. And then, on the other side, like, you might feel like a little bit of a chump if you go up to Marshan and you're like, hey, man, like, go get him. You know? Yeah, yeah. No, I get it. It, it kind of goes both ways. I don't know. Uh, you put out some post-series questions. How about you just kind of take this away and let me know? Yeah, these are a couple questions for you. One, uh, these are just, like, something to talk about because Eastern Conference doesn't play for 10 days. Uh, Chris Wagner's injured. That stinks. They don't know if he's going to be back. And Kevin Miller's injured. And... They don't know if he's going to be back. I think if Wagner comes back, there might be an injury already, knowing this team. So I think he'll slot in. If he doesn't, he'll probably still slot in on the fourth line. Kevin Miller has played like 30 games this year. Like Connor Clifton's been playing really well. Grizz, like the whole six have been playing really well. Do you insert him in the lineup? Like I know it's killer. He's a veteran leader. He throws bodies, but he hasn't played like all year. Absolutely not, dude. You keep that guy in the bench for one reason. And that's if the Bruins shit the bed in any sort of game in the next series. You put Kevin Miller in the next game. I will I will say this, though. It could kind of be like the year the Bruins won the playoffs. They had, like, an injury for a game, and Shane Knighty played, like, one game. Like, he might be able to bring that role for, like, one game, but I would prefer the other guys for the series. So thanks for that. Number two, there's a ton of talk, and I think it's just too – because there's nothing to talk about, but everyone's saying is it too long of a wait – like 11 day layoff between games are they going to lose mojo personally i'd be more worried about tuca than anybody else because he was like on such a heater um one thing that you said though and i kind of you brought up the jeopardy guy um before we started taping the podcast and last week was teacher's week on jeopardy so the guy who's been winning like eighty thousand every episode for like a month had the whole week off and he came back and what did he do he performed so winners win and i shouldn't be worried right yeah 100 percent I like the other series. I can see where that could have been bad, right? Like the Islanders swept. I feel like you kind of want to ride that wave. The Carolina swept again. Like you, you probably want it, but with the with the Bruins, man, it's just like they're just gonna get healthy and they've been there and they've done it before. I wouldn't be worried about it. Okay, and then side note, Bruce. I guess it came out that the Bruins were thinking about because they have this long layoff that they're gonna do like practices or like scrimmages at night. Like, 7 o'clock start. What are your thoughts on that? Love it. That's so cool. It keeps them in the rhythm. It keeps them not 
Like, you know what I mean? Because normally you wouldn't play at seven. And that's kind of an adjustment. You gotta wait. I, I like that a lot. It kind of keeps everybody in game mode. Yeah. And plus, that'd be probably cool because then you have an excuse, like, to leave your family and go to the rink and play yeah. instead of just waiting for 10 days. Um, yeah, that's pretty much all I have on that series. Go Bees. There it is. All right, moving on. The Sharks and the Blues. The Blues are up three games to two. They could have won the series already. Uh, I say that because there was pretty shitty hand pass non-call that the Sharks were able to win. But nonetheless, the Blues beat up on the Sharks last night. Uh, Carlson didn't play the third period. That's not good. Jaden Schwartz, uh, he's got 12 goals, 4 assists. He's been fucking crushing. I think he has two hat tricks. Tarasenko had a big game five. Uh, Can the Sharks come back? from this do you think i mean they're only down three two so they just have to win two more games but yeah i think so although i do want to say that game five was the classic san jose shark stinker mm-hmm. like i want to like that team so much jumbo joe i love their colors it's san jose it's california the rink looks really cool like it's kind of a smaller town in the nhl i dig the vibe but like come on guys like what are we doing again we got eric carlson's kind of banged up it just seems like when they when they take a step forward, take a step back, but at the same time, they have two breath miracles so far. I wouldn't count them out. And I think they're going to play a big game in game six. I think they'll come out flying on the road. But for some reason, I just don't see them finishing at home. Yeah, I wish they would. I want to see Joe Thorne battle for a cup. I think that'd be sick. I, I hate Perron so much, dude, and Steen. There's like, and it sucks because like, I normally like the Blues. But they just have so many assholes on their team. I, like, I don't like their goalie. I've said that a million times. I know we have some Blues fans. Like, listen, dude, I, he can be an asshole, but he's still a great goalie. I got to respect him there. The guy fucking wins games. Still don't like him. And I blame that on the Hamburglar. Uh, I don't know, man. And, like, what about Gloria, dude? Do you know where Gloria came from? Yeah, I think if you listen... I don't want to plug another podcast. But if you listen to Spin Chick, let's say, talk about it. They have some guy, and I don't really understand it at all. I'm going to try to break this down the best I can. There's, like, that hot group of guys that, like, kind of seem like douchebags that they like to have on their show, but, like, they're kind of cool, like Scotty Upshaw and, like, Joffrey. Shane O'Brien. Shane O'Brien, that crew, right? Yeah. And they have that – they're cool. Like, I'm not going to hate on them. But they have their guy, like, Larry Flowers, who, like, makes them – Watches, right? Yeah. So when the St. Louis Blues were in Philadelphia – they were in Philadelphia – and when the Eagles were winning the Super Bowl, and they were at like a hotel or at a bar, Larry Flowers brought them to this bar. It's kind of like the Italian Association in Saratoga that you thought you were getting into, but you didn't. Uh, I did get in. Okay, you got in. So it's kind of like that, and the old guys at the bar just kept playing. They played it once, and then I guess the Blues just kept telling them to play it over and over. So they listened to it all night and celebrated the Eagles winning. So I guess that's where it comes from. So it's like a team-based thing, so I don't hate it on that front. I don't really like the song that much. I don't like the song either. That was my next question. What would be a cooler song that a team could rally? I don't, around? I don't know. I don't. That's a really tough one. You gotta like catch. You gotta like catch the vibes of the locker room. Like I respect them going like '80s retro, but like it's and I think it might sound cooler like if you're like in a large group or like at a bar or at a rink. But like if you listen to it by yourself, it's kind of like slow. Yeah, I don't know. I'm trying to think of a cooler song. Uh... It's got to be something classic rock. Like maybe Mary Jane's Last Dance, old Tom Petty. How you doing? <laughs> All right, so. Mary <laughs> Jane's Last Dance. The hand pass, dude. What'd you have on that? Uh, I don't know, man. We we have a couple uh, voicemails later that we can get to where we can kind of get into that. All right. Uh, is there anything else you want to talk about? Oh. Can you... You have so he, we have like a doc. He wrote down Carlson looks injured. Dash reports out saying New York Rangers is best destination. Yep, that that what did come out. You? That came out. That's not me. That came out. What have I told you, dude? I mean, here we go again. <laughs> it always comes out, dude. Every time there's a big free agent, it comes out, dude. I'm sick of it. What happened, dude? Panero took a fucking photo in a hot tub down no, in they're, Key West. No, they're trying to get both. Out. Trying to get both, dude. I just, I just can't. I, as like a girl on Instagram would say, I can't even with this. So, 
I uh, I don't see, I don't see Carlson going to the Rangers, but I still think Panarin's gonna go. Shout out JD left Columbus with Panarin. What was it? What were the other? There was like two other teams mentioned, weren't there? Yes. Ah, uh, shit. It's all east east like coast. Because he wants to go to Ottawa. Here's what I don't get, dude. And maybe this is a really dumb thing for me to say. Why can't his wife leave Ottawa? I don't know, but here's another thing, dude. There were reports that came out that Mark Stone didn't want to leave Ottawa either. So is Ottawa like a sick fucking place to live and Eugene Melnick's just an idiot? Ottawa's a really cool city. I mean, it's a nice place to live if you want to live in a Canadian market. And I think the one thing about Ottawa that might be nice is out of all the Canadian teams you have, you have the least pressure. Yeah. You know what I mean? You yeah. get that Canadian feel, but like the least amount of media, the, like fans with low expectations. Like It's not that bad. This might be really dumb. Is Ottawa Canada's capital? Yeah, it's it's like Washington D.C. It's a really cool place. Yeah. Okay. All right. Fair enough. Uh, so you you you're taking Blues. I'm thinking Blues. You had so Jaden Schwartz. You had written down just his. Did you already read this? Is twelve goals, four assists in eight games? Is yeah. That, what that says. Uh, I don't know what the eight was for, but yeah, twelve oh. goals, four assists. Jesus. 18, 18, so, I mean, Eighteen games. That's insane. All right, that makes sense. 18 games. That's crazy. Tarasenko's shootout goal was pretty cool. I don't know. Don't the Blues in like a kind of weird way like kind of feel like a team of destiny? I mean, yeah. Remember that fight? Was it Bortuzzo in practice when they were in last? And like, this is a pretty cool fucking story. It is. I just, the one thing I'm, I would be really worried about is, can you imagine if you're David Backus? Yeah. And you finally get to the Stanley Cup final, and the St. Louis Blues beat you. Mm-hmm. Oh my God, that would be the toughest pill of all time to swallow. Oh, big time! That would be awful. I'd feel so bad for that fucking guy. Yeah. All right, so that was NHL in the news. Now we're gonna move on to our Twitter questions, brought to you by Company Thirty Nine. Company Thirty Nine is creating digital hockey camps with some of the best players on the planet, giving amateur players, coaches, and parents the ability to learn directly from the best. If you're a young hockey player, you need this. You get to see what a player like Joe Pavelski had to go through to get to where he is. If you're a men's league bender like me, you'll love it. If you're a hockey parent or coach looking to motivate your players, this is for you. You get an ebook with mindset tools from the athlete, and you get in-depth on-ice drills that you don't normally see, but you know that the pros use. I'm excited to say that we have a promo code to share with you guys. Go to company39.com, that's K-O-M-P-A-N-Y-3-9.com, and use the promo code MORNINGSKATE to save 20% off. While you're there, check the testimonials and see names like Charlie McAvoy and Anders Lee giving them their full endorsement. It's no joke, so head on over to company39.com, stop wondering, and start learning from the best. All right, here we go. Brian Adler wants to know... uh, Fuck, I copy-pasted this wrong. All right, we're going to move on. Sorry, Bri. I'll come back to it. Dave wants to know, how many pieces do we part with to secure Caulfield late first in Georgiev to Edmonton for the eighth overall pick? Who's Edmonton's goalie right now? I don't know. It's not Cam Talbot. I don't know. Oh, no, it's that one weird guy that they just signed. He's, like, new. I think he's Finnish. I forget the fuck his name. Um, I don't know. I just... To be honest with you, I've been so jacked up about Capo Keiko that I have no idea who Caulfield is. He's got, dude, let me... So this kid's five foot seven, and he has... For the U18 team this year in 64 games, he had 72 goals and 28 assists. The... The two things I would say about that, 172 goals is incredible. I think it, like, it came close to a record. Um, the second thing I would say is he was on Jack Hughes' line. So maybe that's why you'd want to get him. I don't know. Like, do, you really want, do you really want to do that to like get him? I don't think – the one thing I would say is what's his name just went over there? Holland? I don't think they're in the position where they're going to be moving out of the draft. That's a, I mean, yeah, that's a good call. I mean – I don't know. It'd be nice to see it. The, the Blackhawks did it with uh, Strom and DeBrinket, and they've been fucking crushing it. Yeah, but the, yeah, I mean, I know what you're saying. Like, and I kicked myself in the face for the Bruins not drafting DeBrinket, but I, I think like trading away picks for like a possible hit at eighth overall because I saw the kid too, and I don't know maybe if this has been updated. I saw him more like like fifteen to twenty, so. Like, I feel like you can make a different deal, maybe. Yeah, I don't know. That's a good one. Uh, Brian Adler, I got your, your tweet up. After all the nonsense this playoffs, would you rather have NHL use video review for everything or nothing at all? Brian, 
We're going to get into this in the voicemails. A lot of people were asking us about that. Uh, next one, New York Rangers talk. With all these new Russians on the team, can the Rangers afford to lose Chris Kreider? He's our eldest captain, and I think it makes more sense to keep him as a captain than trade him for picks. So NYR talk, he's been, I don't know if it's a guy or a girl. Uh, they've been following us for a while, and here's the thing, man. I'm not a Kreider guy. I would rather move on from Kreider and get a pick for him. Uh, I just, he's never going to put it all together for me. He's he's due for a big payday. I just I don't see it. What do you have on Kreider? I've I've already told you this. I think you guys should trade him. Yeah, like I think this is. I don't know. I think it's kind of a no brainer, but I just maybe they're not going to do that. But those are our Twitter questions. We appreciate you guys calling in, Brian. Don't worry, we're going to answer your question in uh, Patty B Hotline. Take it away, Patty B. Hey, this is the Patty B Hotline, brought to you by the Morning Skate. All right, Patty B. Holland, we got two questions, and they're pretty much the same, so we're just going to play them both uh, one after another. Hey, boys. CJ here, a.k.a. Coach from Twitter. Uh, I got a quick question for you in regards to refereeing in the NHL, especially in the playoffs. How ridiculous is it that Toronto can help decide whether or not a player was a half an inch offside in a game seven on a play that had nothing to do with him and no advantage with game. But they can't help review a blatant hand pass on a play that to an opening goal in the in the West Final. I, I really don't understand. So what if if it was up to you guys, what would you do going forward? Do you think the NHL goes Reevaluates their review process and institutes new rules for what can be reviewed and what can't because it is absolutely bad backwards right now that they can't review some of the stuff and they can't review others. It's ridiculous. Uh, really enjoy the show, guys. Chad, uh, I'm really sorry about your dad. Uh, it, it's really unfortunate, and uh, I hope you're doing all right, man. Have a good one, boys. Thanks, Coach. I appreciate that. Followers are fucking awesome, dude. And here's Patty B's voicemail. Are you not going to answer, answer the question? Patty. It's this. It's like the same question. Yeah. All right. Question: Is of the last few games and the rules or not? You really think the NHL will expand its review policy or will not? Because um, we're getting to that point where we're seeing way too many NHL reviews where it's really slowing the game constantly instead of letting the referees just do their job. And if they make a mistake over a little millimeter, big deal. And also, how for your Bruins worries, I looked on eBay and there are a few practice jerseys for the Boston Bruins or older jerseys for less than 50 bucks. All right, later, buddy. Bye. All right, that was Patty B. So, how? what do you have on this? What do you have on the whole review thing? Yeah, I don't know. It sucks. It doesn't make any sense. Like, what they can review and what they can't review is stupid. I totally agree with that. What Brian Adler said, would you rather the NHL use video review for everything or nothing at all? I think it would be pretty funny if they just got rid of all video review. Just call on the ice stance. Let the, let the refs play. Let the boys play. Like, there would be some terrible calls but at the end of the day like video review the whole point of video review to me is that it holds the refs accountable and makes the game better i don't think it does that at all like a hand pass can't be reviewed but gabriel landeskog like trying to change can and takes away a goal like in what world do those two things make sense like if anything it should be the opposite so I don't think they'll ever get it right, and I don't think they would ever just be like, you can review every goal because they're too big of idiots. So I said get rid of it all. Yeah, so the video review is supposed to make uh, controversial calls go away, and if anything, it's making it worse. So I think at this point, you have to make sure everything's reviewable or nothing's reviewable. They'll never do nothing's reviewable, but that's what they should do, dude. Like, it's hockey. This is how it's been forever. Like, people miss calls. It's human nature. I'd rather have it be human nature and keep within the game than get fucking a million reviews during the course of a game. What Patty B said is right. Like, it seems like every game there's, like, a 10-minute delay on what the fuck's, like, going on. You know what I mean? Yeah, so I 
I don't know. And then the funniest part, too, is whenever it's a 10-minute delay, like, the longer the review takes, the more you know they're going to butcher the call. Because mm-hmm. they're just they're guessing, like, like what is, what's going on in Toronto? Like, what are the boys doing over there? It doesn't seem like much. And I just, I don't know. It seems like a broken system. I don't think anything would ever happen unless, like, Game 7 of the Stanley Cup Finals came down to a missed call. Because I'm so sick. The one thing I am sick of is the NHL coming out with these statements. Like, we are reviewing the tapes of our referees from game whatever, like they will not be moving on to the next game. It's like, yeah, I guess, but you're part of the problem too. Like, why has all this stuff been overlooked? Not only that, you think that they would have their refs back. You know what I mean? But instead they're like, oh, never mind. They're not refing anymore. Everybody can be happy. Like, that's kind of bullshit. I think being an NHL ref has to be a top five, like, worst job ever at this point. Like, everyone hates you. Everyone hates you. I used to think it'd be cool because you could hang out with the players and, like, you're still involved in shit like that, but, like, oh, fuck that noise. I think, too, and I know this technology will never exist. I, I wish there was a way on hockey Twitter that you get three strikes on, on like, uh, calls, bad calls that you can either complain about or, like, argue about, and then once you get those three calls out of your system for the playoffs, you can't, you can't shit on any That'd other calls. That'd be sick, dude. I wish they could make something like that. That'd be unbelievable. That's a good call. Thanks thanks for calling in. 518-309-2595. It's 518-309-2595. Leave us a voicemail. We appreciate them, guys. Great questions this week. We're now going to move on to our Lee Stepniak's Heroes and Zeros, brought to you by Laga Sports. How do you augment that young group with a veteran player that brings stability, adds a little scoring punch, and has been around the block to make a difference? Tonight's focus is on that guy. Number 21, Lee Stepniak. All right, Lee Stepniak time. Before we get into it, I just want to give Lagos Sports a shout-out. We're, uh, we're doing another year with them. They, they re-upped. So, uh, I mean, I, I've been happy with everything that's going on. They sent us nice jerseys. I think we're going to get another set of jerseys. So if you guys have any any ideas of what our jerseys should look like, definitely send that in. Maybe maybe we'll uh, we'll do like a morning skate follower vote or some shit like that. Uh, Hal, what do you got for your Heroes and Zeros this week? I have two Zeros. Okay. <clears throat> my number one zero is the zero. The Stanley Cup final schedule just irks me the wrong way. The Bruins have to wait for 11 days, and then we get zero, zero weekend games. How do you not give the team with home ice advantage a Friday or Saturday night? Like, There's no weekend games? No, like the closest thing. That's why I think I'm going with the old man, and I think we're going to go to game one because it's on Memorial Day. It's a Monday. That's but all, the only the only game I think that's on a weekend. There's one Saturday and one Sunday, and they're both in St. Louis. To me, I think that's hogwash, and like it just seems like they're dragging out this schedule. They could have had a game. This is why I think they're dumb because of like the media tour that they want to do. They're pushing the Stanley Cup final to Monday, and they also don't want it to coincide with the Stanley Cup or the NBA Finals. But if you have a game Saturday, you have Game One of the Stanley Cup Finals on Saturday night, and Game Two on Memorial Day, like. That's a perfect two days for hockey. Yeah. Why don't we get that on Saturday? I, it just seems dumb to me. No, I, I get that. I don't. Yeah, man, I, that's a long time to be off. Uh, this may be a dumb question, but do they ever play Stanley Cup Finals games as a matinee, or are they always at night? Uh, I think they're. I don't know. It's probably all eight o'clock starts. Yeah, I think it they're would, all at night. Yeah, it would be cool if they played like a three o'clock game, but I don't see it. As long as it wasn't like a deciding game, like maybe. Game two. Like, game one and game three could be in the afternoon, so that way both teams get, a like, a day game. I don't know. Yeah, I get that. Uh, that was a good zero. Do you want to do your other zero? And this is a great zero, by the way. Yeah. Uh, probably a lot of people aren't affected by this. Manchester, New Hampshire. Um, good hockey town. I really like the town. Match Vegas, as some call it. They just lost their ECHL team, so there's no more pro hockey in Manchester, New Hampshire. Just sucks, man. To me, it's the end of an era. Just because, like, growing up, if you lived in the Northeast, you had Springfield, you had Worcester, you had Manchester, you had Portland, you had Hartford, you had Providence, you had Albany, you had Glens Falls. Half the teams are either gone completely or in the ECHL. It just kind of stinks. I know they spread out the AHL, but it just seems like some of these places that were hockey hotbeds are losing their AHL teams. It sucks. Are you still here? Yeah, can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. You're just frozen. No, I think you. I think you nailed it, dude. Uh, 
I, I don't know if I don't even know if you know about this. I'm actually a huge Manchester guy. Whenever they would come play the uh, Adirondack Thunder, I would end up rooting for Manchester. A friend of mine is best friends with the captain of that team. And I texted her. I'm like, holy shit, there's no more fucking hockey in Manchester. Like, text the boy right now. So she texted him. He didn't respond. And then she texted his brother. And his and she goes, what happened? And his response was, it's over. It's rough. Dude, that sucks. It's rough. It's a rough go. I love the Manchester team, like... They, I don't know. I, whenever they were coming to town, we ended up rooting for them, which was hilarious. The captain of the were team they still, was a really cool dude. Were they still the Monarchs or no? Yes. Yes, they were. Because Manchester Monarchs, to me, is an iconic team and iconic jerseys. They always had the LA guys, too, when they were in the AHL. Yep. So they always had really good teams. Like, And that was the funniest thing, too, right? Like, you got to fly from Manchester, New Hampshire to LA to catch an NHL game. Like, it makes no sense. But it just sucks, dude. Um, going to miss miss the franchise it makes no sense but at the same time it makes fucking perfect sense well that's dude here's the thing is if you have if you have an ahl team um in your town and then they move and an east ahl team comes you can root for them you can have fun at like dollar beer night and you can go to a couple games a year but it's not the same no i completely agree with you it's it's fucked up man Who's, who's for heroes? Well, shout out the guy's name's Dave Kalamatis. That, that, that's the fucking man. Uh, moving on, my my zero, Jeopardy asshole answered that Jonathan Quick was a running back. The question was in in 2012, the LA Kings Jonathan Quick lived up to his name playing this position to bag the Conn Smythe Trophy, and this lady says running back. Like that's what you're gonna go with. <laughs> you you were given team name, player. And trophy that he won, and you're gonna go with fucking running back. Yeah, I mean that's a that's a tough go. I mean Con Con Smythe. I can understand if you're not a hockey fan, not knowing what Con Smythe is, but L.A. Kings, like, come on, L.A. Kings. It's not even like it's the Columbus. If someone got Columbus Blue Jackets wrong and like Sergey Frosky, I'd be like, okay, I can live with that. But L.A. Kings. Yeah, that's a tough look. That was a really fucking tough look. I hated it. I feel, I feel like that would be like a hockey fan, like not at least knowing who like the Miami Heat are. Yeah. Like you imagine hearing Miami Heat and be like, hmm. So I wonder like NFL. Yeah. <laughs> fucking so stupid. Did you have a did you have a hero or are you just going two zeros? Two zeros. Okay, alright. And then my hero, Mika Zabanajad, dropped a new track with Hot Shade and Mike Perry. It's out right now. <laughs> Go to his Instagram or his Twitter. We all knew that there was only one room uh, room for one DJ in New York. Megan Zibanejad, career year. He's out there DJing during the summer. He did this uh, last year, I'm pretty sure, too, and he came back and fucking had a great year. So shout out to my boy, Mika. What do you have on this? I don't, I, I don't know. What's your T-shirt say? We came, we raved, we loved. We can't, yeah, that's what it says. Yeah, so, I mean, that pretty much sums it up. Shout out to Mika. We love you, dude. Um, so that oh, was. We yes, we do. So that was this week's Heroes and Zeros, and now we're going to move on to our last segment, Three Stars. All right, Jim and Mike, thanks very kindly. A nice weekend for you. As always, our three-star selectors are stars of the hockey scene wherever we go on Rogers Hometown Hockey. All right, three stars of the week. Scotty Hartnell on Twitter says, I have a lot of respect for all referees and linesmen, but if I can get enough retweets, I might try out to be one. First off, isn't that kind of a slap in the face? He's like, I have a lot of respect for refs and linemen, but I'm going to try to be one. Yeah, that's like, yeah, I mean, that's... That's a backhanded compliment if I've ever heard one. He just, like, yeah, they're great refs, but I could be a better one. Yeah, that was awesome. But anyway, because he said that, we want to know what three NHL players you want to see referee. Uh, My third star goes to any pretty boy that's won a Lady Bing. Uh, You're a loser. That's why it's called Lady Bing. All right, yeah. You're coming out guns blazing. Uh, And if you don't know what a Lady Bing is, that's the award that goes to the fucking biggest softie in the league for not taking any penalties. I know. It's the Ryan O'Reilly Memorial. Yeah. My my third star is Matthew Kachuk. Get a ref in there. I wanted one ref at least in there that could mix it up. Kind of let the boys play and look the other way when someone does something dirty behind the ice. I like that. And seeing Matthew Kachuk with long, like, curly red hair coming out the side, like, not really giving a shit. He has that, like, arrogant, like, aura to him, you know what I mean? Like, that would be pretty funny to watch. I feel like I feel like every single game Matthew Kachuk ref, it would end with either, like, a coach or a fan or, like, a general manager yelling at him saying that he lost control of the game. 
<laughs> Nailed it, dude. Uh, <laughs> my second star goes to Jumbo Joe. Just, just something about this guy. Like, I can imagine him, like, breaking a fight up. And, like, somebody does something, like, really minor. And Joe Thorne just blows a fucking gasket. And, like, gets him suspended from the league. But at the same time, he's, like, boys with everybody. Does that make any sense? Yeah, it does. No, I, I think I think he'd be a good one, right? Because people always talk about how much everyone respects him. So, like, what are you going to do? Like, a Jumbo Joe kicks you out of the uh, face-off circle? Are you going to stare him down? Yeah, don't don't no. forget the one time that he said if he scored four goals, he'd have his cock out cranking it. I think at, I think out of any of the guys on our list, I think he would be, like, the number one, like, sheriff. Oh, like, yeah. shut down. I think he'd be a great ref. Um, that's a good one. My number two, you talked about the one DJ in New York. I'm going to bring back the other old one, Ryan Spooner. I mean, if there's one thing we know about Ryan Spooner, it's that he knows how to open up his hips to accelerate down the ice. I think he would just be a majestic skater to look at as a ref. Um, he would, he would be a linesman. Run. He'd be the guy who fucking skates down and gets the puck. Yeah, dude. You, I think he would call icings and offsides on a tee. Mm-hmm. I think maybe let him roll up his sleeve so he can get the, the tats going. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I think he would be like the pretty boy of refing. I think that he he would he just wouldn't give a shit unless he had to go skate down to the other end of the ice to pick up a puck. You think you think sometimes he just wouldn't do anything? Yeah, I don't think he, he wouldn't care. I think he would think it would be like beneath him. But the moment he could go fucking turn the wheels on and go get the puck, he would. You think he put on how much like you think the snow would shoot super high? Yeah, dude, that would be a thing. I I think NHL teams when they knew that fucking bad boy Ryan Spooner was coming in, they put like a. a like a ruler up in the corner, so whenever he goes to get a puck, he he can fucking spray it, and then they would they would uh, figure out how much ice he sprayed. I feel like he would be uh oh, what's that Will Ferrell movie? Blade, Blades of Glory. He'd be the Chaz Michael Michaels of uh, refereeing. That'd be pretty fucking funny, dude. <laughs> yeah. Ryan uh, Chaz Michael Michaels Spooner. Yeah. What do you got for your number one star? Uh, Drew Doughty. I picked him because whenever he's mic'd up, he says some funny fucking shit. And I can see, like, somebody fucking with him and him looking at the guy and be like, you say one more thing, I will fuck you up. Like, I think Drew Doughty being a ref would be hilarious. He would be so miserable. Like, it would be awesome. Yeah, I think, like, I think when I hear Drew Doughty saying, like, like, why are you in the league to, like, someone on a mic'd up, like, currently while he's playing is kind of like a hard-o move. Oh, but yeah. I think Drew Doughty, the ref, asking a player, like, can you imagine if, like, some, like, for, like Patty Maroon got a penalty – and Drew Dyer was the ref, and he went up to him and was like, why are you even in this league? <laughs> like, like that. I think that Drew Dowdy I could get behind, so I think he would be a great ref. Oh, 100%. 100%. Who's your number one star? It's you, dude. You're my number one star, dude. I think Ked would be a great ref in the NHL. Um, I think you would get into it, dude. I don't think I don't think you'd be like that one ref who like has the dramatic pauses when he's calling penalties, but I think when you went to the box – I think you would really like enunciate your calls, like like you'd have an aggressive slash, you'd have like a dead face. I, I just think you'd really give a great delivery to the call. Um, I'd also like like if <laughs> if like a coach's challenge happened, and then you got on the phone with Toronto, and then you had to go out and like read what Toronto just said to you. I think that would be pretty funny because you'd probably be like, yeah, and, and uh, Toronto told me uh, they made a stupid fucking call. That this is uh, a goal. <laughs> So I don't know. I think you would bring the electricity there. I don't think you'd be like over eccentric or like a hardo. I just think, I think you would take your job more seriously than you think. I think I'd be a hardo. I think you kind of nailed two things. One, I I think you're right. I wouldn't be like over dramatic on the mic, but I think calling a goal, pointing towards the line, and like calling penalties, like I can maybe flare that up a little bit. And then uh, I think if Toronto gave me a bad call instead of skating over there, I would just turn my mic on and be like, "All right, you guys tell them this," and then just hold the phone up to it. You know what I think would be a really cool reputation to have is you would be a ref that um, if two guys squared up, you'd always let them fight. But if there's like two guys wrestling in the corner, you would just dive in there. Do you know what I mean? Like you'd be super aggressive with your breakups. Like I would love to see a ref who just like really sandwiches his way in there. Like like maybe face washes a guy if like he keeps elbowing them or something. Like I think that would be great too. Like what do you, where do you see your stance on like scrums after the whistle? Uh, I mean, dude, you know, I love fights, man. So I'd probably just let everything happen. I, I would also, I would also be kind of a guy, like if somebody bitched to me, I'd be like, you need to stop being such a pussy. Or like if somebody dove, I'd kick them out of the game. Like, you know what I mean? Like I would do like aggressive shit like that. I think. Would you do, would you make like a revenge calls? Like if someone talks trashy, you sound in the box. Buddy, like you know later. that I'm a grudge guy. 
<laughs> you know, you know it. The moment you said something that was over the line, dude, from that day until you retired, if I was refing you, you would be fucked. All right, so so you're skating back, right? You just made a controversial call. You look up and John Tortorella is screaming at you from the bench. Do you, do you skate up to the bench and talk to him? Do you just team up and kick him out, or you just look the other way and keep going? I, I don't want any beef with Torts, dude. And at the same time, I'm way too gutless to even fucking pretend like I'm going to skate up to Tortorella and have to hear what he has to say. So I would just go drop the puck, and then if, if I got yelled, I'd be like, I didn't hear him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. oh, I'm sorry, dude. I couldn't hear you, bud. Wait, you said Torch was pissed off? Shit, dude. I was on the other side of the rink. <laughs> You're over there. You're at, like, the Zamboni, like, at the far end. Like, like just, like, moving some, like, snow around, pretend to patch something up. I think the first thing I would do is I would drop a puck, and then I would immediately blow it down, and I'd skate over to Pierre Maguire and tell him that he's uh, he's getting too involved and he needs to leave the game. <laughs> That'd be a good call, too. Something like oh. But all right, man. Well, that was the podcast this week. Hal, again, congratulations for getting married or going to get married. That's going to be sick. Uh, do you have anything left for our listeners? No, dude. Enjoy, uh, enjoy the Western Conference Final. Kind of just, I would recommend just soak it all in. Hockey's almost over. Yeah. At a max, there's what nine games left, possibly, probably not realistically. So just enjoy it. That's a good call. All right, guys. We will see you next week. Take it easy. In Vegas, yeah, I drink Jaeger. Full bangers get serenaded by ladies basically naked. It's crazy, this life I take it. Yeah, everybody knows white girls drink vodka sodas. Jack and Coke to get you open. Tequila shots are the dopest, and I love it. The way you look so fine when I'm faded. All my tension and tonic, but keep on getting persuaded that I want it. Crack the Jameson, invite all your lady friends. Tell that bartender, serve a motherfucking round. Again. Tell that bartender, make that motherfucker strong